Amen. Thank you, Sarah. We're so thankful for you. Let's give Sarah a round of applause. All right, open your Bibles up to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 1. The sermon title today is Bored to Death. Bored to Death. Sometimes crazy things happen during church. And we're going to learn today about a young man who fell asleep and died during the church service. I noticed during the worship there were ten hawks circling over the church building, and I think they knew what the sermon was about. So beware, especially today. I read about crazy things that happen during church through one uh, online survey that said, tell us the craziest things that happen in church. During one service, a man ran up and dove into the baptistry while the worship was happening, fully dressed during service. In one rural church during worship, a gopher ran in the building and started running around, but things got even better when a five-year-old emerged with a hockey stick and began chasing the gopher around the church, trying to kill it. There was one church that began knighting its elders with a sword to the surprise of the congregation. That might be one that we try in the future. And then during a funeral at one church, a man stood up and started giving a heartwarming tribute to the woman during the funeral. The only problem was he was at the wrong funeral. He was supposed to be one church over, so they got up, interrupted him, and directed him to the correct memorial service. Sometimes crazy things happen during church. Today, somebody dies of boredom while Paul is preaching. While Luke is like writing the Bible, a kid falls asleep and dies during church. I think that's kind of a picture of how you can really miss what church is all about. Like Paul could be in town for a week and, and, and the wonders of God are being performed and the word of God is being written and you can still, still, still <sighs> fall asleep and even die. Church has a bad rap today. Many people feel bored to death. Fewer and fewer people attend church. A minority of people would say they love going to church. And if you ask them the most exciting thing that happened during church, it would be when the gopher ran into the building during church. <laughs> is church where you are bored to death? Or is church where you are brought to life? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would show us today through this humorous, tragic, and yet life-giving portrait, show us what church was meant to be. Show us how gathering in community under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ can be the most thrilling and exciting part of our week. A, a taste of heaven where the power of God flows. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, if we're going to be brought to life in the church and not bored to death, how does that happen? Check out chapter 20. Luke begins with a travel log. This is the closeout after being in Ephesus for like two and a half years. This is the closeout of the third missionary journey. After the uproar ceased, remember the riot? Last week, two hours, they shouted, Paul sent for the disciples. And after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. 
There he spent three months, and when a plot was made against him by the Jews as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. So Peter the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secondus and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy, and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. These went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas, but we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. So it zooms in on the last week of the last track here of this third missionary journey. On the first day of the week when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. Yeah, we've been in a really long, long church service. I mean, they don't do them like they used to. I'm talking hours and hours and hours. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus, sitting in the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. We'll pause there. Let's backtrack here. Here's the first thing you can write down. If you want to be a part of a life-giving church, we must embark on the plan of God. That's number one. We must embark on the plan of God. The church was alive and at its very best in this passage, largely because they were going and making disciples. What is the plan of God? To go and make disciples of all nations. Why is church so boring and dead to most people? Well, often the church is not on mission. It's lost its way, and believers are not on mission, and therefore they're dead, distracted, divided, and very sleepy. We see in the first few verses here that they are still, after so many near encounters with death, they are still going to make disciples of all nations. We see from them that we must go to our street, our city, our nation, and our world. If you had to name some of the greatest missions that humanity has ever embarked upon, maybe you would list Normandy, the invasion, right? Or the moon landing. Or maybe you would list Columbus discovering the new world. Or Lewis and Clark going all the way to the edge of the continent. Well, actually the greatest thing happening on earth today and in heaven is the mission of the great commission of Jesus Christ. Going and making disciples of all nations is the greatest mission ever given to us. And you can be a part of that. Just like God told Abraham, go to a land I will show you. And Moses, go and free my people. And Joshua, go take the land. And Gideon, go in the strength that you have and be victorious. And Jonah, go to Nineveh, right? He's telling you, he's telling me, go. And the church here has embarked on the plan of God. And it was bringing life, not only to the church, but to the world. Hey, if you feel bored, uninterested, unmoved by the church, could it be that you are setting the bar too low? Could it be that your expectations and understanding of what church is needs to be adjusted? Most people, when they come to church, they want close parking spot songs that they know, a sermon that's not too long, especially when it's 75 degrees outside and rising. They want a quick trip to the car 
after church and to be home in time to watch the bears humiliate our city. <laughs> and I would say, that's all you want? That's all you want? What if you aimed higher? What if you came wanting to hear from God? Wanting to sense his presence? Wanting to feel that your burdens are lifted? Wanting to make a difference in someone's life because they had a terrible week and they need help. Wanting to see someone born again. To become a, a new creation before your eyes. What if, what if you're aiming far too low in your expectations of church and that's why you're bored to death? Maybe it's time to expect great things of a great God. The whole book of Acts was written by Luke to show that Jesus is alive. And if we go and tell the world, then lives will be transformed forever. Our vision out there is to reach half a million people with the gospel over the next three years for the love of Christ. That's our vision out there. And you can play a part in that. And our teenagers are getting into their high schools sharing the gospel during the evangelistic rallies. Did you know that? There was See You at the Pole this last week, a, a nationwide prayer rally of teenagers praying for their high schools, and that sparks revival. So we are going out there. And have you said, here I am, send me? Have you said, here I am, send me? We actually in our church do this thing where you uh, find your place on the map in our lobby and then we've got these ribbons where we we have you say here i am send me and that's from isaiah 6 8 raise your hand up if you got your ribbon if you got your ribbon raise your hand up if you haven't gotten this you can come up to me after the service and say you know what it's time i want to be sent to my street to my city to my world and i want to go and tell people the good news of the gospel I love sharing one story from our kids' ministry. I brought the map up there, and I told all the kids in our church that Jesus wants them to tell all of their friends and family the good news of the gospel. And one kid raised his hand up. He had no teeth in the front of his mouth. And he said, I was playing video games, and uh, somebody on my video games, their name was Jesus is a lie. And I thought, oh, that's not true. So after the game, I changed my name to Jesus is alive. He's <laughs> like eight years old. Figured that all out on his own. Could not stand the thought that someone's name was Jesus is alive. Had to do something. Hey, maybe it's time for you to embark on the plan of God. That's what we see here in the beginning of chapter 20. They are going. Macedonia, Greece. There's people from Berea. Thessalonica, Derby, they are all coming together in one of the greatest orchestrations of missionary effort that's ever happened, and they are going together. Maybe it's time for you to say, here I am, send me. Well, number two, you can write this down. We must embark on the plan of God, and we must embrace the people of God. We must embrace the people of God. This is not a Lone Ranger thing. They were going together. What is the church supposed to be like? And why isn't it that way anymore? Well, people of God are supposed to go together and stay together in spiritual community. They're going together here to very dangerous places. Now, usually we try to eliminate all danger from our lives. I read a story last week 
that a fan was denied entry to a Phillies game because he tried to bring in an emotional support alligator. <laughs> True story. He walked up to the gates with his ticket and his emotional support alligator who had a vest on and he said that this alligator has never bit anyone. Now, do you think they let him in? No, they did not because we do not like danger. And so when you embrace that we have to go on the plan of God, you embrace going together with people to do things that could cost you something, at least embarrassment if you stand up or stand out for Christ. But in many countries around the world, it could cost you your freedom or even your life. So they're going into danger and they're doing it together. I love all the names that are listed here, the who's who of the New Testament. What would it be like? Luke starts to use the first person here, right? It says in verse 6, But we sailed away from Philippi. Luke was on the boat with Paul. Eyewitness testimony. There's the who's who. There's Luke, the author and beloved physician, right? And then there's a list of other people. This past week, Pastor Stephen and I went to Indianapolis for a conference. It was the Gospel Coalition. First national conference that I had been to post-COVID. And I got to tell you, being around the people of God was life-giving. I mean, thousands of people in the Indianapolis Convention Center singing praise to Jesus. It was thrilling. I ran into about 20 people that I've met over the last 20 years in ministry. It filled me up. And I wonder, are, are you in a position where you have made spiritual friendships and formed attachments I mean, it's good to have your mentors, people like, you know, John Piper was there and, you know, we, Ligon Duncan was there and J.D. Greer was there. And yes, it's good to have that established where I like to read their books and listen to their sermons. But do you have spiritual friends around you who you've been with for a long time? Now, I know like any family, the church family has drama. And if you stay with a church for any period of time, there's going to be hurt, there's going to be conflict disappointment and you have to endure through that but boy if you stick with it the sweet relationships that you form listen they're not only lifelong they are eternal life long are you embracing the people of God listen to this group here you've got Luke you've got Sopater from Berea you've got Aristarchus Aristarchus was mobbed in Ephesus and he would be in jail with Paul soon. He's on the ship all the way to Rome. He's going to go all the way with Paul. Then there's Secondus. That's quite a name. Is anyone expecting a second child? Consider the Bible name Secondus. Go ahead and write that down if you'd like to. <laughs> Sometimes Bible names are kind of humorous. I want to use a Bible name for our child. What, like Isaiah? No, Secondus. Oh, well, alrighty, we'll go with that. What will his middle name be? I don't know, Sopater. Second is Sopater, brought to you by Acts 20. You've got Sopater, Aristarchus, Secondus. You've got Gaius. He was also mobbed in Ephesus. Timothy, who uh, Paul picked up on his second missionary journey, his true child in the faith. Then you've got Tychicus and Trophimus. They were servants. Get this, they would deliver likely the Bible books, the letters of Colossians and Ephesians to the churches. How sweet is that to show up with Bible books fresh off the presses, Bible delivery. They would be with Paul to the end, mentioned in 2 Timothy. 
Trophimus is the reason Paul's going to get arrested in Jerusalem because they would accuse him of bringing Trophimus into the temple, which was a huge no-no. I love this band of brothers who share each other's ministry burdens. They travel together. They risk. They teach. They encourage. This was peak mobilization, awesome gospel effort throughout multiple regions. This is them going together. So we have to go together. And in order to go together, we have to stick together. So also we see modeled in here, they're gathering and growing together in spiritual community. They're meeting so frequently, strengthening each other, teaching in the truth, serving one another, worshiping, opening their homes up. We found out they had a midday lecture where they met daily for church. They were together all the time. This wasn't just, well, on Sunday, I'll be there for an hour, hour and a half, maybe, and then I'm done for the week. They were doing the Christian life together. Have you embraced doing the Christian life with God's people? They were gathering together. They were growing together, being strengthened together. They were going together. You know, our vision in here in our church is to build a holy, healthy, humble spiritual community that's what we're building a holy healthy humble spiritual community and we feel this is what our souls are longing for a holy church that has its eyes on a holy god a healthy church that works through issues and loves one another and a humble church that stays low before an almighty god they were going they were gathering they were growing and they were also giving those are like the four g's of this second point they were giving this entire regional um, coming together, we find out in 1st, 2nd Corinthians and Romans, was Paul taking up like the largest offering mentioned in the New Testament to bring it to the poor in Jerusalem. You've got all of these cities rallying together for an offering for the people of God in need because of famine, because of persecution, because of life. And Paul was going to show up in Jerusalem with this gigantic offering brought by all of the churches that are grateful that salvation sprang out of Jerusalem. So they were giving to the mission. They were gathering, growing, going and giving. If we want to be bored to death in church, then we won't go, we won't gather or grow, and we won't give. But boy, if we want to be brought to life, these four things are the way to do it. Sometimes we don't, uh, you know, when it comes to where our money goes, it shows our values. In fact, TikTok, recently tried to sell me breakup proof makeup. Breakup proof makeup, meaning when you cry, it doesn't run. I don't know what TikTok was thinking. I don't need breakup proof makeup, so I didn't buy any breakup proof makeup. When you don't see the value of anything, then you won't invest any funds in it. Here, the entire region, across all three missionary journeys, they were city by city giving to this relief effort so that they could bring a love offering to Jerusalem. Giving shows what we value, and it's proof of the presence of God in the congregation. Giving is evidence that a life has been transformed and that a transformed life desperately wants to see other lives changed. Did you hear that? Giving is proof that a life has been transformed and that a transformed life wants to see other lives changed. That's why we give. 
We were joking as an usher team before church that on a day like this, having the bags, you know, it would have been a lot easier if you grew up like me in the Catholic church. They have those really long wicker sticks with the baskets on the end. How many of you remember those when you were growing up? Yeah, those would be a lot more convenient today to be walking around. But a lot of people, when they think of giving, it's just one more dull, uninteresting part of church. And it's because maybe they haven't seen the opportunity to help transform lives forever. And maybe they haven't understood that giving is a form of worship. It's how we show God how thankful we are for him and for his people. It's through giving that we impact other lives, like Pastor Alex in Kiev, when we've taken up offerings for him, pastoring a church in a war-torn country, or we've taken up offerings when a hurricane has devastated Florida or Texas, or to send off missionaries on their way. Man, when your heart starts to beat for the expansion of the kingdom of God, then you have a, uh, an alive spirit like we find in the New Testament right here. Are you bored to death by church? Maybe you haven't embraced the people of God. What if you looked forward to being with other Christians Sunday morning? What if you arrived early, sang loudly next to people you knew, gave generously knowing that what you give will matter 10,000 years from now? What if you listened attentively during the sermon and then you loved faithfully the people around you after church and then you went back into your neighborhood and spoke boldly for the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you think that would be a boring week? I don't think that would be a boring week. Wow. Imagine it. Well, the third thing we can write down is we will experience the power of God. We must embark on the plan of God. That's go. We must embrace the people of God. We're going, we're gathering, we're growing, we're giving. Then we will experience the power of God. So if we read what happened here in verse 7, on the first day of the week when we were gathered together, so Paul had been in town all week, and they were having a church service on his last day there, which was a Sunday. They gathered together to break bread, which means they're having church and communion. Paul talked with them intending to depart on the next day. He prolonged his speech until midnight. Wow. How many of you grew up in a church tradition where, where church services could go on two hours or longer? Raise your hand if you grew up where church service, Sunday night, Sunday morning, if you were there, you were there. Well, that's what's happening here. It says in verse 8, there were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus sitting in the window sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. We don't know how old Eutychus was, probably a teenager, maybe a little younger, but probably a teenager. And there he was, you know, probably uh, on his phone scrolling through TikTok, you know, like, Mom, how long do we need to stay here? It seems like his posture indicates he's there, but doesn't really want to be there, isn't really engaged. You might say to yourself, who can blame him? It's late, he's young, nothing interesting happening in the room. And what I would say is, do you have teenagers? They never want to go to bed. They want to stay up forever. If something's interesting to them, watch out, because you have to get to the point where you tell them, no, you can't make another dinner at one in the morning, okay? It is time for the day to end. So here's this youngin who's clearly just no longer interested in what's happening. Eutychus doesn't know he's getting in the Bible, but he's in the room where Paul is preaching and Luke is writing the Bible. He's sinking into a deeper and deeper and deeper sleep. 
Then he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. So if you look at our church building over here, you've got first story, second story, third story. So imagine looking up there and seeing some poor teenager who decided to sit up there for church, right? And then I'm dragging on and on and on and ka-plunk, down he comes, dead. The text is clear that he did die on impact. Tragedy, tragedy at the end of having Paul in town. It says in verse 10, but Paul went down and bent over him and taking him in his arms said, don't be alarmed for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up, uh, and when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. And they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. So he was raised from the dead. Paul did not run down and say, oh, he's not dead. The text clearly indicates this was a dead young man. And Paul threw himself on this boy and raised him back to life. So we will experience the power, the wonder of God through the church of God and the word of God if we stick together and we go and make disciples. Let's talk about the wonders of God. Eutychus shows us the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. He can raise the dead. Now the point of this story is not to go and try and raise the dead. Do you know how rare that is? There were, there were uh, 10 people who came back from the dead in the Bible that we know about. Or 10 times. 10 times people came back from the dead in the Bible. Um, we know that when it happened around Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, we don't know how many people came back from the dead. So we don't have a number, but we have 10 times it happened. That's incredibly, insanely rare. But it will happen again in the end times. We are told the Antichrist and the prophets of God, it will happen again. Five people were named in the Bible uh, who raised the dead. Elijah, Elisha, Jesus, Peter, and Paul. So the point here is that the resurrection power, which is incredibly rare in Scripture, came to bear on this church service uh, through the Apostle Paul. The wonders of God prove that the Word of God is true. That's the point of them. So we see here that the Word of God Paul was proclaiming was true. So the wonders of God should astonish you and get you to believe the Word of God. And the Word of God should astonish you because it's by God's Word that He made the universe, and it's God's Word that brings life to the church. Church is where the Word of God was born, embraced, applied. Bible books by this point in the New Testament that were written would have been James, Galatians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and uh, Romans was just written too. So that's kind of cool. You could have read through the New Testament like in no time if you had access to all of these scrolls. Quick Bible quiz for you. Who wrote most of the New Testament? Call it out if you know. Who wrote most of the New Testament? No. Jesus. That's the, that's the Christian cheat answer. Luke wrote most of the New Testament. He was sitting in the room when Eutychus died. Luke accounts for 27% of the New Testament with Luke and Acts. Paul accounts for 23%. If you combine them, you have half of the New Testament coming from those in this room where Eutychus is snoozing and falls out of the window and dies. Eutychus was bored to death while getting in the Bible while Paul was speaking and Luke was taking notes 
Watch out. That shows you a lot about the spiritual life and how you can truly miss it. But God is so gracious that Eutychus, even though he was bored to death, then, then, a moment he will never forget, was brought back to life. Was I was church this weekend. Well, I died. What? Fell right off the roof. Huh? Why are you here? Paul brought me back from the grave. Folks, these are the wonders of God in the church that are experienced in the first century. And I've got news for you. That same power is here today. Oh, you might say, well, we're not going to see the dead come back to life. You're right, physically. But you want to know what's even more amazing than that? When someone is born again and they become a brand new creation, what causes a party in heaven? One sinner who repents. That is an explosion of joy in the kingdom of God. Do you see that? Because like Eutychus, you could be in the presence of Almighty God doing impossible wonders fast asleep. You can even be on the threshold of passing over into the next life without God, without Jesus in your life. But man, we can experience the power of God, the wonder of God, the word of God in church, and then we go away never being the same. Hey, are you bored to death with church? Do you sincerely want to experience the power of God? Maybe it's time to let God's word strengthen and amaze you to invite God's spirit to comfort and equip you, to bring big ears when you come to listen, to pray for God to do the impossible in your life so that everyone will know that you know him and that he is using you. Hey, I don't know where you're at with the church right now, but if you're unplugged, if you're unmoved, if you're unimpressed, I gotta tell you, you're missing out on the greatest thing happening in heaven and on earth. You are missing it. You are missing it all if you don't have a life-giving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and a weekly fellowship with his people you are missing it and it's time to see that if you are willing if you are able to see it if you are willing to say okay okay based on what I see in God's word I've got to embark on the plan of God I've got to embrace the people of God I've got to experience the power of God then, then you and we will turn the world upside down. So I want to close with a few questions. First of all, have you been brought back to life by the Lord Jesus Christ? Eutychus sitting in a bloody heap on the ground, that's you before Jesus. Has Jesus brought you back to new life? If that hasn't happened, church will never be anything to you. Church is for the redeemed who have been brought to new life in Jesus Christ. And then, have you seen the power of saying, here I am, send me, I'll be there. I want to be there. I want to grow. I want to give. I want to be a part of what's happening. Maybe it's time for you to fully engage with the people of God so that you're not missing out on what God's doing here. Whatever decision you need to make this morning, I'm going to give you a chance to pray right now before we close in worship. So let's close our eyes. Let's bow our hearts. And let's talk to God about what we heard in the word today. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this unbelievable story of a man named Eutychus who was raised to new life. Oh Lord, so many of us can feel bored to death by church, unmoved, unmotivated, 
even if the apostle Paul was here and Luke was writing the Bible and great wonders were done, we could still be fast asleep, missing it all. Oh Lord, there are some here today or online who have maybe been connected to church their whole life, but they don't have life through the Lord Jesus Christ. They've missed it. So for any who have not received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, I pray here that they would in their own hearts say this with me. Oh Jesus, give me new life. Jesus, raise me up to new life. I just pray that I wouldn't be bored to death anymore, but I would be brought to life in the community of the saints. And Lord, for some here today who have maybe just been non-committal to the church, not connected, not regular, not growing or giving or gathering, they've just they've just been missing out. I pray that they would say, Lord, help me not to miss it. Help me to be a part of the greatest thing happening in heaven and on earth, the spread of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we give you all the glory, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen.